0: Hello, welcome everybody to the tent and event rental industry podcast. This is Paul Spatola, your host. Thank you all very much. I am on a roll here. I'm on my way back from that tent pickup that I told you I didn't want to go do. Uh, I got about 30 minutes left in the drive and, and um, it occurred to me that I do reach out to all of you and say, hey, please reach out to me and I have yet to answer at least on the podcast, one specific question. So last Wednesday, it's it's uh, Thursday, the 16th right now. Last Wednesday, somebody sent me an email. Hey, Paul, thanks very much for the podcast. Love it. I hope you get this started again. I've got one simple question. Who would your first hire be? Thank you. Um, awesome question. I, it's awesome question. I'm going to do a little rant on this right now. And this is uh, this was actually an idea for a much deeper dive with, who may be an eventual regular or co-host in the future. So thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a great, this is, this is one that I I would go off on and be super jacked up about, but I'm going to try to be, um, calm and ad hoc about this. So in general, um, my gut always tells me that the first hire, this is my gut, my opinion, my, my gut always tells me that the first hire really needs to be somebody for the office. Um, I'm going to break that down a little bit, but if we were having this conversation on the phone, for example, I might want to ask a lot more questions, which is what I'm going to suggest to all of you listening. If you're asking yourself, who should my first hire be? Um, I think I think you might find some answers in some of the questions that you, that I'm going to ask you and that maybe you should ask yourself. So uh, one of the big things in this is, what do you want to do with your business? All right. And what I mean by that is, is this a side hustle? You've got a full-time job and you're just looking to make 10,000, 8,000, 15, $20,000 on the side, because, you know, you, you've got some of the materials, maybe you already own a trailer, you've got a truck, you've got a pole barn, you've got space and there's a need for it in the market. Or are you looking at this in, in a longer term, bigger picture of, I really want to quit my job. I really want to get out of corporate America, I'll just say it that way. I want to get out of corporate America. I want to quit my job. I want to work for myself. Forget that it is corporate America. The answer is just simply I don't like my job and I I want to do something for myself. Those those kind of answers are going to lead they're still going to lead me back to the answer which I believe is office, but but um who you are and your skill set is a humongous factor in this answer for you. If you're an office employee right now and you're doing this on the side and you're really, really good at customer service, you're really good at, let's say sales, you're really good at uh, marketing, advertising, finance, right? If you're really good at those kind of things and you're also doing tents, then you're gonna be, then my answer changes to look for a person or people to fill your gap. Personally, professionally, my advice is still hire somebody for the office because in the beginning, at least, and really forever, nobody is going to do the work out in the field like you're going to do the work. Nobody is going to to stay up late and grind with you unless they are as loyal and as committed and as, we'll say, insane. Unless they've been bit by the tent bug, you're not going to find employees all the time who are going to go to those lengths to make you and your business money. What you can do is you can list out all of the mundane tasks that you do. I don't Mundane is your opinion. You have to pull permits for tents to go put up at a park. You have to create processes. You have to put email templates together for yourself to give yourself more time. You have to take all of your receipts and take pictures of them and put them into QuickBooks. I don't care what the list of tasks are. What matters to me is that you spend just a pinch of time and think about every single thing that you do, whether you just got started, whether you already have employees, whether you're on the threshold of quitting your job or not, the question still remains, list all of the things that you do and prioritize that list in two ways. I'm the owner. I should be the one that does this. I'm the owner. Somebody else can do it. Not should, can. Anything that you should be doing as the owner should stay on one side of that list Anything that anybody else in the entire world can do should get moved over. If that list that you generate looks to be something like, wow, I spend five hours a week on all of this stuff that somebody else can do, what do you think you can figure out for them to do for another 35 hours a week? Another example, a lot of people are pretty good at being reactionary in their sales cycle. If you're the owner and you're doing the installs and you're driving and you're loading the truck and you're coming back and you're staying up until 12 o'clock at night to punch in more stuff on your computer and do a little bit of that admin stuff. And you're responding to people's emails and your schedule sending those emails for the next day because it's 12 p.m. Sorry, 12 a.m. at night. If you're doing stuff like that, if you're at that point right now, but your revenue isn't high enough for you to feel like you should hire somebody full time. Look at the losses you have in your sales. Are you closing 10%? That number doesn't matter if you're getting a hundred hits a year, right? It's 10 jobs. You you close 10% of your jobs. You made, you know, you made $15,000 on 10 jobs that, that to me, isn't you're ready to hire somebody. I'm talking about 1500 total quotes created that you did yourself and you worked 65 hours a week from April 1st until, you know, Thanksgiving. And your close rate is 10%. If your close rate is 10% and you are killing yourself and you're not paying yourself and there's all of this sales opportunity, use that data, use that data. Right? Another question. Do you have enough inventory to warrant the revenue you need to hire anybody, period? If you don't, is it worthwhile taking a look at inventory investment to raise the total revenue, to raise the total profit, to put you in position to hire somebody? There's a lot of questions you're going to need to answer to figure out who that first hire should be. I am 100% all the time thinking about growth. All the time. Growth at the expense of everything. If, if I had my way, I would take every single penny I made from, from my own business and I would invest every single penny back into uh, the inventory and the people right away. Not everybody has the fortune to do that. I do not have the financial fortune to do that. So I can't. So I don't. Mostly everybody isn't going to do that if you're not getting bank money, if you're not, your parents aren't loaning you money, you don't have some other income source, okay? So the question really remains, what is the work that you're doing yourself as the owner that somebody else can do? The question remains, what is your sales close rate? Are you getting enough market penetration in the market you're in? Market penetration, are you getting enough people to call you, email you, interact with you on social media. I don't care about the, the, the social media interaction as much for this conversation, but, but that's a whole nother point. Are you 32 years old? And you're already like a laborer in general. And now you're the owner of a up and coming tent rental business, which is labor based. And you're thinking to yourself, man, my social media posts aren't doing that well. Well, my friend, it's not because you're 32 or because you're a guy or because of any one thing, it's because you're not good at social media. (laughs) You know, like if you're not good at social media, don't try to be good at social media. If you spend two hours a week managing social media and five hours a week doing other random administrative tasks, that's a full workday for another person. One full workday, one fifth of the week that you could theoretically hire a person to do to help you out. Let's say the same thing about your sales closure rate. Your sales closure rate is 10% on a thousand inbound and you're making $50,000 off your business. That's not enough revenue for you to feel confident to hire an employee, or at least it wouldn't be for me, but an employee who comes into the office, who takes a fifth of your work week off of your plate can answer phones. Sometimes, often, regularly, more often than you. Somebody can respond to those emails the same day and not schedule send from a 12 a.m. email to eight o'clock the next morning. Somebody else, when you're setting up tents on Thursdays and Fridays, can answer the phone right then and there, put that quote in right then and there, send it out to the person who asked for it and then call them back and say, hey, did you get my email? Do you have a second to review this? I'm not saying that you're not good at what you're doing. That's not my point here. My point here is my answer almost always is going to be, I'm going to hire somebody for the office. Even if I'm an absolute rock star in the office, which for all intents and purposes, I am really, really good at sales. I'm phenomenal at sales, to be, to be honest with you. I'm really good at it. That doesn't matter to me because I need to figure out, you need to figure out what work can make your life easier that you are willing to pay for. What tasks should the owner be doing and what tasks can literally anybody else do for you? What can you do to outsource anything that you should not be doing yourself? Outsourcing those things, those tasks, those responsibilities to a third party company isn't a bad idea at all. In fact, oftentimes it's a way better idea than hiring somebody. The real question then becomes: stacking that first question onto this next question. Where do you want to see this thing go? If you want to see this go from fifty thousand to three hundred eighty-five thousand, where you're paying yourself sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars a year, you're going to probably be a little bit tight. On your profit, you're probably gonna be a little bit tight on your cash flow. Does having somebody else in the office to help you close more deals? Does having somebody else in the office to take off some of those administrative tasks? Does having somebody else in the office allow you to do more of the working on the business than working in the business? My answer is office employee because. What I've seen with my dad, what I've seen with a lot of conversations, what I've seen with my experience with um, some of my experience, not all of my experience, but some of my experience with the, the companies out of state is that those who are not paying attention to effective, aggressive sales are not even staying stable. If you're gonna put in the work and you're in your fifth year and you have reoccurring business, but all of a sudden you're not responding to that reoccurring business as quickly, as effectively, as nicely as you used to because you're overworked, that's gonna impact you keeping that reoccurring business. If you've got inventory that you really wanna move because you will say accidentally spent too much money on equipment, Somebody's got to go out there and try to sell just that. If you are really good in the office, then be really good in the office. Hire people and help them get really good in the office so that you can hire more people for those first group of people you hired to manage. Think about any other job you've had in terms of hierarchy. You have management. You have executive management. You have upper management, you have first-line supervisor management, that's assisted warehouse manager, warehouse manager, operations manager, vice president of operations, chief operating officer, right? There is a reason that the bigger you get, the more of this hierarchy there is. So if you want to go from $50,000 in revenue to $350,000 in revenue, you're not going to get there without finding effective ways to replicate the things you are doing correctly and effectively as the owner. You are not going to be able to do all of the labor. You're not gonna be able to do all of the phone call responses. And if you are, there's going to be a point at some point in the future where your body starts to break down. If you're doing 90 hours a week for 30 weeks in a row, you're gonna get sick. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna make a mistake. I'm not saying you're not tough. I'm not saying you're not smart. I'm not saying you don't have work ethic. I'm saying my answer is office. Get every task you do right now on paper. Separate the list with what you personally should do as the owner and then anything else that anybody else can do. Make another list that is everything that you do. See how those two things compare. Make another list. Now we've got three. Make a third list. How many of you out there at 1130 at night are racking your brain trying to fall asleep because you're exhausted and you're racking your brain thinking about all of the things you should have done today? Man, I wish I could have X. Man, I should have done Y. If you have a pretty significant problem with that, you're thinking about all the stuff you didn't get done all the things you should have gotten done i'm willing to bet that most of you can turn a lot of that information a lot of that those thoughts that are keeping you awake into tasks and projects and work that can be performed by somebody other than you and if you can't turn all of those late night thoughts into work that somebody else can perform then it still makes sense for you to hire somebody for the office to do the stuff you're currently doing. So you can do all the stuff that keeps you up at night because every single one of those steps, whether it be a hiring process, I want to hire somebody. I need a process. Okay. Do you need to make the entire hire process yourself? Maybe. Could you call your payroll company and say, Hey, any chance you got like a, like a generalized step-by-step. Could you go onto the Facebook marketplace, uh, the pretend, the professional tent and event rental world, Facebook and say, Hey, who's got a process for this? Like that task is something that somebody else can do. You can ask somebody else to do that. Hey, call our payroll company and figure out whether or not they've got a really vanilla version of hiring somebody. Hey, go on the Facebook marketplace and ask them for a little bit of feedback, right? Do you have to make all the purchases yourself? do you have to go call all of your vendors to figure out when your five gallon jug of water delivery is coming back? Like I know that these are like super random things here, but the quicker you get at delegating work to other people and the quicker you get comfortable with that, the faster you're going to get closer to your goals. I've said before in other podcasts I think a hundred to two hundred thousand, zero to two hundred thousand dollars is really, really easy to do. I I mean that with no disrespect. If you just straight up buy shit, close deals, send it out the door, even without good processes, even with high employee turnover, even with people who don't know what they're doing, you can really quickly, seriously, almost anyone could really quickly get up to two hundred thousand dollars in revenue. My personal opinion is that when you get to $300,000 in revenue, that's going to be when you start to have real problems because you need labor, because you need people in the office who can keep the cash coming in. You can't do everything for everybody. So if you fortify your office first, you create your processes, you delegate all the tasks that you as the owner don't need to do off to somebody else, you can focus in the other places that need to be focused on. You can focus on building processes. If that person is going to basically be a doorkeeper, you can focus on appropriate ways to search, to, to hire and train and make things better for people. You can, you can spend the, the 10 hours of time it takes to look through three years of data and figure out why your close rates, 13%, 12 and a half and 15. You can go back through the emails if you want and figure out how many times you lost to price. You can figure out how many different times somebody in one specific zip code asked you for something. Those are things you can do as the owner, right? But wouldn't it make sense for somebody to fill their time waiting for somebody to call you with tasks like that? Wouldn't it make sense for somebody to fill their time with building email templates that they can use for themselves that can be duplicated and transferred on to the next employee? Wouldn't it make sense for you to delegate the work that you're doing, that causes you 70 hour work weeks to somebody else? I think the answer is yes. This is all my opinion, but that's my answer. The other side of this, and I don't wanna say this is more important because that's not fair to the overall concept, but the other side of this is that hierarchy that we were talking about. If you're working in your business, then you're going to slow down any of your forward progress for, or at least at some point, your forward progress is going to get slowed because you're not looking on the horizon. It might be appropriate, same concept, it might be appropriate to have a person in the office so that you can tell them, I need you to look out into the future. I need you to figure out what is trending. I need you to keep a tab on what our competitors are doing. I need you to keep a tab on what's going on in the industry. That isn't like a spend 40 hours a week doing it, but it's somebody else watching your back on behalf of the forward progress of the business, which in some and often cases may allow you to be on the road. If you've got a couple new hires who have absolutely no, no idea what they're doing, uh, setting up a tent, delivering, backing up a trailer, driving a box truck. You might have to be the one to drive the box truck, load the trailer, show them how to do it. Some people don't know how to use ratchet straps. Not an attack, just they don't know how to do it, right? If you need to focus on the four guys that are helping you do your work on the road, then you need somebody to watch your back in the office. If you get the office person hired now, knowing that you want to build this into a $500,000 revenue, million dollar revenue, $2 million revenue business, a lot of that foundation is gonna end up being, what do you do for that office? Because every single year, every single month, every single week, every single day, you can still have Joe Schmo, random person laborer, show up and say, hey, I'm looking for $17 an hour, I will work as much as you want. You're still gonna have people that want to do that. But if you get somebody in there that you can, into the office that you can build, And offer them a suggestion like, hey, my mission here is to build this into a behemoth of a rental business. If you're interested in building, having some fun with me and building this business, if you're interested in making a career out of management, sales, administration, human resources, whatever they might actually have a little bit of interest in, social media marketing, work with me here now. And let's build a plan to get you into the position you want. You give them that little teeny bit of loyalty. You give them that little teeny bit of your vision. Set the expectations. You might have that employee for a long time. If you find, and I bet you will, that your sales revenue starts to increase and your close rates start to get better and your effectiveness in the office starts to get better, it's going to be... Because you are spread too thin to do all of it well. As soon as you have that person in the office, they can take all of that office work off of you so you can shift focus if need be to other tasks, other projects, other needs of the business. The reason I say office first is if you need six laborers for the whole entire season and you don't have somebody to keep the sales going, they're gonna have an end to when they're working. The laborers will be done. November, December picket. You don't have stuff to work on for the winter. Your labor is gone. So why would you hire a full time laborer if you don't have work for them half the year? Maybe that's maybe that's a simpler way to answer the question, right? All of this conversation is opinion. All of this is assumed um, on nothing. It's it's assumed on just a question. I. I can't answer the question for you unless I can't give you a more direct anybody. I can't give anyone a more direct answer without rambling unless I know what the goal is, because I'm in the Northeast. If you're in South Carolina and you can do tents 52 weeks of the year, then it kind of changes the scope of this question. It kind of changes the scope of the answer, right? if I want to have full-time employees in my warehouse in five or six years, I'm going to need to go outside of tenting to make that a reality. Unless I do so much tent work that I can fill an entire winter um, with several full-time people to clean, sort inventory. You know, that's, that's not that realistic. I need to do in my area, I would say we need to do, Indoor events, tables and chairs on on volume, right? 258 foot tables, 1,000 chairs delivered, 2,000 chairs delivered. I need to figure out, and eventually we'll try to figure out, I know how to do it, but my point is, for a place like Rochester, New York, which is seasonal, this question is an easy answer to office, right? And it backs into... I don't have China and glassware to send off to some hotel. I don't have skirts and pipe and drape to do trade shows and expos. I don't have staging that I can set up for, you know, the international dance festival that happens inside a hotel ballroom and is a $5,000 stage rental. You know, I don't have winter rated structure that I can put up like some of the competition I have around me who does for the breweries. Uh, close by, right? If I had that winter structure, if I was excuse me, if I was big enough to have that winter structure, yeah, I would need to keep my guys a lot longer. And some random labor isn't going to be my first choice to set up a structure tent. <laughs> but the office employee who can help me take $50,000 and turn it into $500,000 and help me put a succession plan together and help me put an organizational office plan together, separate the tasks, the duties, the responsibilities of different employees and what they're responsible for, means you have an actual easy way to build and bolster your revenue, your employee base, your path. So I really, really appreciate the question. It's an absolutely wonderful question. Um, look for some feedback. Give me, give me your answer. In fact, I think I'm going to put a little poll in there and I'm going to say, uh, who was your first hire? And the the answers are basically going to be office or warehouse. So if you've got a question you want to, <laughs> I don't want this to sound weird. If you got a question you want to hear me rant on the, the podcast, um, send it. Paul Spatola, Rochester, New York. You can email me at paul at Rochester t- and event rentals. You can text me. Five eight five three zero three one three three six. 303 Yeah, please like, please subscribe, please follow. Uh, give us a rating. Let me know what you're thinking, right? I really, really appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be my third release in, in a very short period of time. Um, two of these were complete ad hoc. I was just kind of going with it, but I really appreciate the question. I, I really appreciate you listening. Uh, as I said before, I'm going to really try to start banging some of this out and getting some content out there. Hopefully, just to keep the mind space going and and uh, helping us to get back into this stuff. Um, and a lot of this is just me throwing these things together right now to try to get the interest back and let you know I'm coming first. But but some of the some of the content I want to put out is gonna is gonna take me a little bit more time to formally organize so that it doesn't come across in this podcast like uh, it's disorganized because this was really just me driving and I wanted to fill some of this space with some of the things I was thinking about. So as always, I really appreciate all of you giving me your time, uh, giving me your opinions, your thoughts. I love the emails. I love the texts. Um, This is the tent and event rental industry podcast, Paul Spatola in Rochester, New York. And thank you everybody.